seeing the gospel on the move and participating in what God is doing is just a huge piece of the gospel coming alive for people, especially people who have been going to Sunday church for years, but are like, seem to be dead to the gospel, like not hearing the gospel until we start to point out evidences of God's grace and who is God and who are we in light of who God is. It's just so key. And it's and being able to know that overarching narrative in the Bible has just been a huge wake-up call for me. It's like, oh, this is the gospel on the move. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. It's beautiful here right now. Oh my gosh, so perfectly blue skies. The only thing that kind of ruins my vibe these days is is all this political stuff that's starting to ramp up yet again. I can barely turn on the TV. Yeah, You know, it does remind me more and more that I just go, I cannot wait until everything is restored and the wrongs are right. You know what I mean? Where you go, everyone's false promising this. Only Jesus can do this. And I still, and I, we probably, I don't know, but you and I have probably talked about it when, and uh, hold on, we're not going political today, but (laughs) I just, I feel like these are our choices. Yeah. You know, like we have a pretty great nation. I love it. I love living here. Thank you, God, for all the freedoms we have and choice and all these things that he's provided these are our choices? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> this so, is the cream of the crop. That's how I felt, you know. Anyway, so yeah. anyway, enough of that. Um, I am excited about the show today, man. Hey, I'm excited about the show as well, Caesar. And before we get to that, I just want to remind people that our, our podcast is now on numerous platforms, from Stitcher to Spotify to Apple, iTunes. I mean, it's everywhere. I found like, oh, I'm not going to be one of these subscribers. And then I'm like searching, searching, searching every time. Yeah. I'm like, just subscribe. Yeah, so please, if you haven't, please do. And uh, and leave us a review and stuff like that. It, yeah. it really, really helps others and all. But anyway, back to today's awesomeness. Right? Yeah. So today we're talking about a topic that we actually get a ton of questions about. But I don't think we've ever done a real episode where we've deep dove on it. No, we've kind of hit on it, touched on yeah. it, context, and different contexts for disciple making and community and mission. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk with a buddy of yours that I got to meet recently, Drew Speroni. Yeah. And we're going to talk about discipleship and building out missional community in a rural context. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious, like, how did this relationship form between you and Drew? Yeah. So um, Drew and his wife, Sabrina, um, I met them originally when they came into coaching with us, with Tina and I. And um, we've been doing that for almost going on a year now. And they are just an amazing couple. And their life is completely focused around making disciples and building out community. But they live in Northern California on a farm. (laughs) Okay, Like a legit farm? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's called Early Bird Farm. And that's a great name, right? Yeah, it is. And and, uh, they they grow um, supply and supply like all kinds of stuff for uh, local restaurants and caterers and grocery stores. And what they do is they, uh, they're they growing like fresh organic produ- produce and stuff. Oh. And they do stone milled flowers themselves and all that. Anyway, and so Drew and his wife, Sabrina, along with their kids, have engaged in some pretty unique rhythms as a family to see people come to know Jesus and create missional community in their setting and walk with people, right? Yeah. And so um, let's get Drew on here and hear more of his story and some of the unique challenges he faces 
and and the things he's learning to overcome and just all the stuff they're involved in. It's amazing. Yeah. Hey, Drew. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us when and why you started Early Bird Farm. Okay. Like, and were you raised like in a rural setting on a farm or something like that? Sure. Sure. Well, I was raised uh, in the East Bay area on a five acre uh, parcel and I was in 4-H and, uh, you know, learned we're on, we had 28 walnut trees, you know, so uh, we didn't, we weren't farming for money, but, uh, you know, when I get in trouble, I'd be uh, definitely cracking walnuts. <laughs> and uh, so, so, you know, yeah, I, I had a rural background, you know, I was into ag, but uh, not commercial ag or anything. My mom is an herbalist. Uh, but uh, as for farming here, it was about uh, 10 years ago or so that I got involved uh, with a nonprofit who was uh, building farm infrastructure uh, for uh farmers who wanted to see farm infrastructure and hold uh, the, the property in uh, trust uh, for, for farmers of the future. And so that got me into ag up here. And then it was uh, six years ago now that uh, we started Early Bird Farm. And we started, uh, we are on five acres here. We have a one acre market garden that we uh, established uh, about five, six years ago. We have a CSA, Community Supported Agriculture. Uh, where people get a weekly uh, box of veggies during the season, and uh, and then we sell to our local restaurants and. Man, and really and cool, man! That is awesome. Yeah, and so uh, and then the, in the last few years uh, we've started uh, milling grain, and so we have uh, stone mills and we mill fresh flour. Uh, we get all uh, locally sourced uh, Northern California wheat and rye and corn and uh, different things. Uh, heritage grains as all organic grains. And we just, uh, we mill it and make it fresh available the day that it's milled. And, uh, we source all over Northern wow. California now through, uh, uh, through wholesale, uh, distributors. So a couple of years ago, Drew, um, you were healed of a pretty heavy long-term illness, weren't you? And I'm just kind of curious if you'd tell us a little bit about that story and how for you, it really clarified, uh, your mission. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I was 20, I was diagnosed with epilepsy I had it before that, but didn't know what it was because I hadn't had any grand mal seizures. Uh, when I was 20, I had a grand okay. mal seizure and uh, found out I had epilepsy and uh, it got worse and worse throughout my 20s and, and 30s. Um, hmm. It prevented me from holding a job for long periods of time. Uh, I uh, wow. was always changing medications and uh, trying to figure it was really it was a hardship for not only me, but my family as well. And, um, and so yeah, that's actually one of the things that got me into farming. I, uh, <clears throat> I realized that if I was farming, I could kind of control my own hours and my own amount of time. And, you know, I just kind of really had to listen to my body and, uh, go with the rhythms of my own body. And so, uh, being able to do that when you're self-employed, uh, you know, has its perks. And, but it was sure two years ago now that I was, uh, I was in my office, I was doing a Bible study as I usually do in the morning. And I just hear from the Lord, still small voice, I'm healing you. And ever since that day, I've had uh, no seizures, no seizure activity. I'm completely off medication. I just believed when I heard and I stopped taking my medication and um, I haven't had any seizure activity since. So what's been happening since that time? Yeah, so since then, uh, we've really been engaged in building community here on Early Bird Farm. You know, um, mm. you know, with your help and, and coaching and insights from others, uh, we've been 
slowly but surely entering into new rhythms uh, of living our lives intentionally in a missional way. You know, uh, we've been throwing a lot of parties, uh, hosting open table dinners. Uh, we had a, a goat uh, milk herd share where people would come and they would uh, milk their own uh, milk and take it home uh, each week. Never done that. Never milked a goat. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we uh, we hosted a volunteer day every week uh, on the farm with a barbecue. We'd have a, every Friday barbecue. People would come and help uh, volunteer to harvest. And then all that food would then go to Interfaith Food Ministry and people in need. And uh, so that was another way we're drawing in people into community. And uh, we established some third places. We have uh, three or four musicians that are in our group. And so they are often going to open mic locations. And so uh, we've been going to those each week or two. And and then we invited uh, people, as people were drawing in, we invited uh, people to go through a 10-week story of God story uh, study with us. We had uh, actually three different people come to Christ. Praise God. And, uh, and now we're getting into the gospel primer and... Uh, starting to kind of creep out and how, you know, I'm learning, you know, a healthy church is focused up toward God in toward its covenant community and out toward uh, the needs of the community itself. And so right now we're kind of exploring and feeling who are all of our people of peace and who are those folks that we're drawing into? What are the communities that we're drawing into to really be a blessing to? Wow. And I don't want our, I don't want our listeners to miss it. This is not like a once a week meet, you know, meeting, like weekly meeting. This is like, I mean, I, did, everybody, did you catch that? They're throwing parties. They're hosting a weekly open table sort of dinner. They had something that was meaningful to their neighborhood, which is not like my neighborhood or any, you know, most people think, but people who lived near them, this goat milk herd share. Okay. First time I heard that as a missional activity for sure. <laughs> Uh, you know, hosted a weekly volunteer day that you can come down on the farm and then did a big barbecue. So people then hung out and talked. They started hanging out also in a third space where others like to do fun and life and all that. And then they slowly but surely then invited those people who were leaning into that community to go through the story of God with them. And I, I mean, I remember when you did that, you, you every week you were buzzing on what God was doing, the insights that were dropping on people. And, and all this took months, like in months and months, right? And so oh, it years. wasn't like one thing, like, yeah, well, right. But that's how it is, right? Small is big and slow is fast. But you, you have creatively come up with all kinds of different things that, you know, sort of fit the rhythms of your life and those that are in your community and around you. And, and even your, the church you're a part of is there as well in that region. So it's not looking like the church is here in my neighborhood and all that. So, you know, tell us, you know, how, how all these various ventures, and you've even got like now quite an entrepreneurial bunch of stuff besides just the one thing on the farm. How did all those various ventures and rhythms and, you know, and open doors for folks, how do they all fit together into life and community that you now have? I mean, because, you know, you're, you're milling and doing the, the the milk share and you got a garden and there's a bakery starting up, right? I mean, how's, how does that all fit into one life that you're living? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess that it, it all kind of has revolved around the passion that God's put on my heart. And, uh, you know, for you know, God's first mandate was to care for the earth and everything in it. And so, uh, that's what we're kind of doing on the farm. And then also, uh, reaching people and blessing people. And so uh, we, that's what we've been focusing on. In our in our community, we have um, 
a real strong interest uh, toward local uh, farming and local food. Uh, there really is a front local food movement here in Nevada County. And so um, that that's kind of what we're part of as we uh, have these rhythms. And so, you know, we have, yeah, I get up early every morning, you know, and, and that kind of thing and, and get done what needs to get done. But then at the same time, we have, you know, we have our open table every Tuesday where people come and it's just an open, you know, we have our missional community. A lot of them will come, whoever can come. And then whoever is on my heart, neighbors, people, neighbors know that they can come. Uh, and then other friends, people of peace, you know, and they'll, they'll come to that. Uh, and then every other Saturday, uh, our missional community gets together and we kind of do a more focused study. Wow. It really is a lifestyle for you. It, it's not like an event or, you know, a thing it's, this is a lifestyle born out of your passions. And, you know, and I think, it, it really I think that like you're talking about, you're talking about the type of food and, and sustainability and things like that, that are big, you know, where you live there in Nevada, Nevada County, but this is becoming a bigger thing in a lot of places, man. And I know that there's going to be a lot of listeners going, that's a big thing here too. And I never even thought about, you know, cause this passion could be like actually an open door to community and, and people come into faith. Like mm -hmm. absolutely it can. And, um, <laughs> that's amazing. So what are, tell me a little bit more about the missional community. And there's those folks now that definitely are kind of in there's like, they've, they're, they've leaned in and they're walking with you guys as you walk with Jesus. And some of them now are new to their faith and some have been around faith for a while. And, and like, let's talk a little bit more about the weekly rhythms that that community is starting to experience. And I'm not talking about just the showing up all together, but just the touches and, and communication and, and dreams and supporting one another and all those, like what's, you know, well, how does that look? And then how does your family, you know, you and Sabrina and the kids, how does that fit into all of that with you guys? Yeah. Well, one thing that's been really useful is we've been using this Voxer app uh, to be able to communicate throughout the week and we uh, pray for each other. And whenever anything comes up, say, uh, somebody's car breaks down and somebody needs to get picked up from school and, you know, all the different logistics that family has, we're, we're now a greater family that really can lead on each other uh, for different needs and prayer, of course, but not just prayer, like actually meeting each other's needs. Uh, one of our mission community uh, members, they have four kids and all of them got sick, parents and all, with the flu for a month and a half. And so, you know, every week somebody was bringing them something, you know, uh, bone broth soup and just different things, leaving it on their doorstep, you know, taking care of them. So we've been serving each other. And then uh, other things like, so we have, we, our business is growing. And uh, so we, I'm hiring a couple folks uh, to, to work in the market garden this year. And it's a couple who has been drawing into community. And so one of them I would describe as a disciple you know, and is really leaning in and, and wanting to live on mission. And another, his wife is a new believer who's really exploring, well, what is this all about? And so just working on the farm every day and doing what we do, you know, we've just really been focusing on, well, our farm and our business is business on mission. And, and we just, the, the life on life discipleship that we experience with each other, that's, that's the, that's the community. And that's just, uh, living for Christ. How about how about Sabrina and the kids? How they fit into all this with you? Are they there? Are they right there? Are they? I already know the answer to this, but are they right there? Are they doing their own thing? Is this dad's thing, or like how does 
How does that all work for you guys? Well, well that's interesting too, because Sabrina, well, Sabrina, she's a marriage and family therapist. Uh, and then, so, but she's uh, definitely entered into a lot of rhythms. She doesn't love uh, working on the farm. You know, she has allergies and whatnot. So from LA, uh, but at the same time, she's, uh, she really loves serving and like in, you know, when we're inside and cooking and doing different things like that, she's, she's all in that. And, uh, and the kids, you know, one of our mission fields is their school. And so a lot of the kid, the people that were in are in our group are also uh, go to their school. And so there's a lot of that kind of crossover that happens as well. And, uh, and then the kids, like, you know, what it looks like, for example, when we have our uh, story of God group, or we have our, our mission community study, the uh, Sabrina or one of the other adults in the group will lead the kids through uh, for the first 20 minutes, lead them through uh, the story of God for kids. And then uh, the kids will go play. And the older kids, we have a lot of kids in our group, and the older kids uh, will watch over the younger kids during that time while the adults are doing study. And then the older kids now, I'm having a Friday afternoon group with the older boys. And so we have uh, three boys who are in our missional community. They're all uh, between 15 and uh, 17. And I'm walking through the story of God with them. And that's been really good. It's been re- just a, a really fun thing to do and really way for us to connect and things like that. And as we, I, my hope is that as, uh, as we draw closer, I gl- draw closer to the boys, they'll be able to see uh, that they also have a responsibility to disciple the youngers. And so we're seeing a lot of that uh, start to play out. And so it's been really, really beautiful thing to see. I started to say that, I, I don't know if you know this, but really you've just planted a church and you're, you're pastoring a little flock here and, and you're not leaving anybody out and everybody gets to be included. And uh, wow, I've watched you grow. You and Sabrina both grow in your understanding of the gospel and gospel fluency so much mm-hmm. together in coaching brother. It's been amazing. And I'm 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 grateful for you guys and the example that you're living and leading there and oh man and I and I know a lot of the backstory I know how you guys live in this life has also affected how you parent your own kids and your growth in gospel fluency has changed your relationship with them as well and all that man it's just it's amazing the one thing I, w- I wanted to say about that is that one of the key things that I've learned from from you guys is uh, this word gospeling and using gospel as a verb. This is really a new thing for for our whole church. And it's just been bleeding out, like seeing the gospel on the move and participating in what God is doing uh, is just a huge piece of uh, the gospel coming alive for people, especially people who have been going to Sunday church for years, but are like seem to be dead to the gospel. Like not hearing the gospel until we start to point out evidences God's, of God's grace and who is who is God and who are we in light of who God is. It's just so key. And, it, and being able to know that overarching narrative in the Bible has just been a huge uh, open opening and wake up call for me. It's like, oh, this is the gospel on the move. It's not... Um, it's, it's really a heart transformation that happens every day that we get to be a part of. You know, Drew, as you're talking too, one of the things I really appreciate is that it uh, you're not doing something that is so uncomfortable and foreign to the way you live the rest of your life. Like all these things you're talking about 
are ways of of bringing people into the life that you're already living. His you're, passion, their passion. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, I'm a farmer. I've got goats. I've got this. I got that. You guys come join me in what I'm doing. And and mm-hmm. and it's not you're trying to entice people to go to a building with you for an hour a week that feels different. I mean, you're inviting them into the way that or you do. Doing a bunch of stuff you hate doing just because, well, that's what it takes to make a disciple, I guess. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and one of the things I'm wondering is, it seems like this is all part two of a larger calling that you believe God has placed into your heart, isn't it? Like ultimately. You hope to take what you're learning and what you've done, you know, at Early Bird to even other places and maybe Morocco even in particular, right? Yeah, yeah. I went on a uh, mission trip to North Africa for a few weeks and uh, it really stirred my heart uh, being there. Uh, I realized uh, the needs that they have there and uh, <clears throat> and I'm really passionate about uh, local economies and building local economy. And I would really love to see another farm uh, built, yeah, one day in, in Morocco or come alongside another farm that's uh, already doing uh, something similar. And so, uh, you know, yeah, the bigger vision for Early Bird Farm is to be uh, making disciples here that are uh, learning that they're sent and then preparing them for mission either here or abroad. Yeah, I love that. Well, if you ever need help in Morocco, just just let me know because... Uh, my neighbor's Moroccan, and some of the food is just incredible. And so we'll, we might be called oh, yeah. to go with you there as well. So. Well, listen, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, you know what? We tell people all the time, um, brother, that discipleship and mission living can and does happen in, in, in every context. And you you guys are living proof of that. And I, I, I know it doesn't seem foreign or weird to you, but I know there are people listening, tons of them, because that's why we I wanted to have you on the show, not only because I love you and you're awesome, but because I we get enough people saying, well, this— this probably works in the inner city or this, yeah. this might work in suburbs. And then people who live in the inner city go, well, I bet it works easier in suburbs. And then everybody goes, well, rural, my neighbors are too far away and all. And so, man, I, I love it. And I'm grateful. And I, and I, I love the fact that there, again, I know some of the backstory. I, I know that you're building this out and multiplying yourself into others so that in faith, God's freeing you guys up to be, you know, in Africa, helping people do the same exact kind of things. So your passion and what God's gifted you, with and your heart for all this just now keeps passing on to more and more people. So, man, my prayers are with you that the farm and the bakery and the mill, all that stuff just keeps going and takes off. And it, it really will give you the freedom financially and time wise to be able to pass this on to many, many. I think you're going to get a lot of emails from folks uh, just listening to the show, even who some aspect of your story has touched their heart and they're going to want to get a hold of you directly. So just to let our listeners know, we'll we'll make sure that you know there's a link to Early Bird Farms, and yeah. people can get a hold of uh, Drew right there on, on that website. Is that true, Drew? Yes. Yeah, it's no problem. You can just check out Early Bird, www.earlybirdnc.com. There you go. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the cows aren't going to milk themselves, so we're going to let you go. Go do go back to the tend, goats. The, the goats. goats. Oh yeah, yeah. Milton. <laughs> so we're gonna let you get back to that. But thanks so much for joining us today and thanks, sharing Drew. with us and and letting us know that like this this can happen regardless of where God's called you and the passions He's given you. You can make disciples in your context without it being weird. Well, like you've said, the gospel moves at the speed of relationship. And it's really true. So it doesn't matter where you are. There's relationships about, and you just have to have the time. Make the time to be, you know, there's that that time, the Kronos time and Kairos time. And it's really about looking, being ready for those that Kairos time and that moment to be able to enjoy with somebody and just be present uh, with somebody, whether or not it's a neighbor that's 
a mile away or, or a few feet away. Well, thanks for being with us, Drew. Thanks again, brother. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Caesar. Thanks, Heath. Wow, that, man, that is so great. And again, I hope people are seeing that discipleship and missional living, this focus of you know discipleship as a lifestyle, really can happen anywhere, yeah. any, any context. Absolutely. And, you know, like like Drew and Sabrina, these are some awesome people that were, they had a lot of pieces floating around, a lot of ideas, but they weren't sure like what order to put it in. Sure. And they, they, you know, were still growing in their gospel fluency. And so praise God, we got to be a part of helping them do that. And so I, you know, I want to let, you know, again, uh, I want to let folks know, hey, we're here for you too, right? If you feel like your current disciple making process or lack thereof is not producing transformation, and freedom and maturity in your people, our proven discipleship framework will change that for you. We've helped thousands of people in every imaginable context and age and stage of life. And like we've said, they're finding great spiritual freedom as they are released from a discipleship model based on behavioral modification and sin management. They're seeing relationships healed that have been broken sometimes for years and years. And all of this flows out of a deeper understanding of the gospel and a growing gospel fluency. That's what we want to help you get and grab a hold of, make part of your family, and see that embedded deeply in your church family and in your community. We start off by having a one-on-one meeting with you on Zoom to get to know your story, your family rhythms, and your goals for disciple-making. And then we craft a personal disciple-making roadmap just for you, and perhaps even another roadmap for implementing this all within your church. So if you're leading lots of small groups or you're trying to roll this out church-wide, then we're going to create a roadmap for that as well. So you'll never wonder what's next or what you should be doing. It's all spelled out step-by-step, and it comes with the training and equipping to help you master each of the steps and have the resources you need along the way. We'll help expose hidden obstacles to effective disciple-making that may have hindered you in the past. When it's time, We'll help you pass on everything you've learned and experienced to others, multiplying new leaders and new communities of disciple makers. So in the coaching, along with your spouse, if you're married, together with other serious disciple makers, we'll meet two times per month online for a time of encouragement and expert coaching and Q&A. We'll ensure you're continuing to make progress consistently and with confidence. We've designed our Everyday Disciple Makers coaching to give you the tools, framework and encouragement to lead your family, church, or community into natural, everyday discipleship rhythms as you make more disciples of Jesus. So if you're serious about making disciples in a way that naturally fits your life and rhythms with family and friends, you know, the way Jesus did it, then I really think this coaching experience is for you. To get started, let's set up a discovery call together this week to see if this is a good fit for you and help you get started. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash discovery. That's everydaydisciple.com forward slash discovery. Hopefully in the weeks ahead, you'll get to hear from even more of the folks that we're doing life with via coaching and all that. But anyway, hope today was a real encouragement for you. But yeah, uh, yeah, we're running out of time. Here we go. All right. So let's do the big three. As always, we want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's show. If nothing else, things we do not want you to miss. And every week you can also get a printable PDF of the week's big three as a free download. We always do that by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G three. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? All right. Uh, not that different than a lot of stuff we talk about, right? But kind of in this unique sort of mode of looking at rural disciple making. But 
But don't miss this. Jesus' command to make disciples in all nations includes every context. He didn't have any exclusions except here, except where people are too busy, or except in rural areas, or sure. except for in big cities, you know, or whatever. There is no place on earth, no neighborhood, city, or village, no setting that, that Jesus' own model of discipleship in everyday life will not work. Okay, so if you're living under the false belief that you know this missional lifestyle and disciple making and all that won't work in our context, well, you're unfortunately believing a lie. Yeah. Okay, it will work and it does work. And uh, yeah, today's you know Drew's and Sabrina's life is an example of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Next, second thing: people are people. Okay, people are the same everywhere you go, and the gospel is good news for everyone. Helping people move from unbelief to belief in the good news in all of their life and helping them believe their true Christ-given identity applies everywhere and to everyone, okay? Mm. And so regardless of your situation or context in life, including rural settings, you get to invite people to walk in the ways of Jesus with you, the things you're passionate about, the life God's given you. And this is a privilege, and it's the only mission Jesus has given his church. True. Okay? So, and then third, last but not least, um, don't get stuck trying to copy what others are doing to make disciples in their context. So even today, you're hearing like, hey, I'm in a rural context. Great. Don't, well, again, I need a, I need a goat milk share, you know, right? <laughs> so cool. So, you know, get ideas from it. Maybe one of those ideas works for you, but don't just get stuck trying to copy other people. Ask the Spirit, a living God, to show you the rhythms of your life and those around you that are perfectly suited for discipleship and community. Yeah. Okay, so use the examples you heard today to spur creativity and new possibilities within your heart and mind, right? And always remember, you're not in this alone. Jesus has promised to do this with you. Yeah. Okay, I hope you'll join me again next week and every week as we continue to look at how discipleship fits into all of life and how you can lead others in this way of life, making it fun and reproducible as you go. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.